You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. X-Men Dark Phoenix is just bad. There's a brand new Dropbox, and David reviews Doom on the Nintendo Switch. Tech Fan Podcast number 401. As I said, it is Tech Fan Podcast 401. I'm Tim Robertson, and there's David Cohen. Hello, over here. Got got rid of your sea legs by now, I assume. Doing a couple. Of oh weeks. yeah, oh god, it seems like seems like years ago. <laughs> Real life has seriously impinged since then. Yeah, I know the feeling all too well. Yeah. It's a couple of days from Father's Day here in the U.S. Do you guys do Father's Day in the U.K.? Yeah, for some reason we do Mother's Day on a different day than you, but we do Father's Day on the same day, so. It's because uh, fathers are lazy. We don't care. <laughs> this this day's fine. Oh, yeah. don't. They are, my, my family asked me what they wanted to do for Father's Day, and I said, let me sleep in. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah. kind of it. See, they, and, I, and I said, buy me some beer. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> it, wasn't, that, it wasn't real complicated. That, you know, they, they're like, Dad, you're hard to buy for. And I go, no, I'm, I'm, to me, I'm easy to buy for. Yeah. I'm happy with a freaking cool-looking T-shirt and, quite honestly, let someone else mow the lawn. Oh, that, in fact, that reminds me. I must mention this. I bought a cool-looking T-shirt from Wish dot com that uh, is particularly appropriate for Father's Day. Yeah, uh, it is the logo of The Walking Dead, but instead of saying The Walking Dead, it says The Walking Dad, and that little cutout in the middle of the letters yeah. is like a is is like a, a tall person with the holding the hand of a small person rather than it looking like. Oh, a that's cool. Yeah, and um, I got a lot of very. I wore it wore it last week. I got a lot of very. Um, Positive comments from everybody who saw it. Yeah, it's it's not complicated, folks. If if you're trying to figure out what to get your dad, the present itself doesn't matter. If you're a grown child and you and you're going to go and see your dad, that's that's what he cares about seeing you. He doesn't care about the gift. He really doesn't. I mean, a cool gift is cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we're oh, dads. Yeah. When we want something, we just go buy it. If you if you t- if you turn up with beer. That'll normally hit the bill anyway. Or alcohol. Particularly if, if well, yeah, particularly if you if you turn up with um, with beer for you and him, and you sit down and drink it together, I think that's a. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to when my kids are old enough to do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, what do I do? I'm tech wise, I haven't done a whole lot. I had to replace a joystick in my one of my arcades. I think I talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I I try to cobble together. I, you know how many arcade stuff I have. I have a whole box full of arcade parts. And Cole looked through that the other day and he was like, wow, you can like build a whole arcade with all this stuff, Dad, which is not too far off. Yeah. Um, but you should but, have said, go on, have at it. Yeah. Surprisingly, I didn't have any complete joysticks in there. I had pieces of different ones. Um, or it, and there was a couple that were complete, but they wouldn't fit in the arcade cabinet that I'm trying to get one. So I had to go buy one and. Since I was buying one, I just bought two just in case. What the hell? They're like eight bucks. And uh, I wired that up last night. That took me all of 20 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of good at that stuff now. Problem was, though, I noticed up was down and left was right. And it was the wiring was incorrect coming out of the jam harness, according to the diagram. 
because I wired it exact because it's a two person arcade. Yeah. So I wired it exactly the same way as the left side. And the only reason I did this is because this is the one arcade game that I can play two player stuff on. And uh, Cole wants to play some video games with me, usually fighting games, but sometimes co-op, you know, flying through, shooting aliens and blah, blah, blah. But that joystick on that side was not working or it was sticking and I couldn't, I cleaned it and I took it apart and nothing seemed to work. And then when I pulled out the actual stick, it was bent. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, right. there you go. That'll do it then. Yeah, it will <laughs> do it. That's why it always went to the right. And, uh. So I got that installed last night and looking forward to playing some games with him this weekend. I must admit, the, I got an email this, this morning from the Pie Hut, which is, uh, as the name implies, it's, it sells Raspberry Pi stuff here in the UK. Uh, I've got a feeling they might be one of the official suppliers. Anyway, um, they've got a sale on at the moment, 20% off of all gaming stuff. Nice. And I had a look through. They've got, you know, the usual stuff like... Um, uh, a SNES, a Super Nintendo case for your Raspberry Pi, or a, uh, a Sega uh, Genesis case for your Raspberry Pi. But then I, I scrolled down, and I saw that the the Pi K, that that little eight eight inch kit that you get that allows you to turn it into a kind of a, a bar top um, arcade cabinet, is also on sale twenty percent off, and I'm kind of tempted. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, if you got room for it. Well, it, no, it's it, these these. It's only it's only an eight inch screen, so. It's like having a small You've got room for it. Yeah. I've got room for it, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> the, the arcade I'm talking of is the one that I have the, the buttons that light up. Uh-huh. But the buttons no longer light up, and it's because the, I think it's a 5-amp or 5-volt line disconnected mm-hmm. somewhere, and I'm just not feeling the need to hunt which wire it is and then crimp it back in because right. at the end of the day, it just makes the lights shiny. doesn't yeah. affect gameplay at all. It looks cool. Don't get me wrong, but eh, I was more worried about getting this thing working than looking pretty, I guess. Um, so in our notes here, um, since we're talking about father's day and gifts and stuff like that, uh, we both recently, purchased uh video game systems uh i've got one for myself and you got one for yourself what'd you get so i bought myself a nintendo switch Hmm. which um i got a i got a bonus through work last month and uh you know i thought to myself well it's okay so let's mark the occasion by um treating myself to something that i that i wouldn't ordinarily buy you know because i buy too much stuff as it is but uh this is something that i kind of thought was was really too much of a luxury and so you know i thought to myself well why not i've got the bonus i didn't buy a new one by the way i uh i bought a used one so actually you know it was a little bit thrifty with this but i decided to buy a switch and there's a there's a great um company that i use all the time here in the uk called music magpie they're um one of these you know one of these outfits where you send in old cds and stuff like that and they give you money uh, and they also trade in phones, and, st- and so they're a bit like, uh, do you have you have Gazelle or something, don't you, in the US? Yeah, similar sort of thing. Yeah, and I've I've bought equipment from them before, and it's always been exactly as described. They've got a very, you know, good return policy. I always feel confident buying from them. And uh, the advantage of Music Magpie is not only do they sell direct, but they also sell on eBay, which means that you can capitalize on the frequent eBay discounts that that they have. So I had, you know, and I also had some 
points that I could turn into eBay money as well. So um, I basically I got this thing for a hundred pound off, uh, and when it came, it's unboxed, but lovely condition. Everything's working, all the accessories and everything, and I've been really pleased with it. But I don't really use it. Well, I, I have. I think I've used it once on the TV. I'm using this exclusively as a handheld, and I've got to say the Switch as a pure handheld machine, I think, is absolutely brilliant. It is. In it in is. My, in my family, we already have one, but we only ever really use it attached to the TV. That's what the kids do. But I tell you, as a handheld device, I think it's amazing. I was really really impressed and i bought doom for it um the the real the my real thinking behind this machine was as a diablo machine because diablo is my favorite video game of all time and um i always love to be playing it and i'm often playing it on my old computers and that sort of stuff but um diablo 3 i haven't played a lot because i have it either on the pc and you've always got to be online and as anybody who's listened to this show the last couple of years knows that my internet connection is not great um, or you can play it on the Xbox 360, but I just don't get a lot of time to play on our Xbox at home. So uh, when I saw Diablo 3 was available on the Switch, I thought it would be a nice luxury to have a handheld Diablo 3 machine, which would be the Switch. And so that's kind of what's going for. And I, ha- I have bought Diablo 3, but actually since I bought the machine, I also picked up a copy of Doom. And I've been playing the hell out of that because I love it. And it's so good handheld on the Switch. Yeah, I heard that it's actually better to play it in handheld mode on the switch, then connect the switch to a TV because the frame rate drop and it just doesn't look very good on such a big screen where it really is custom tailored to play on the switch as a portable switch. So, uh, you know what? I've been reading a lot of review, obviously getting into switch. Now I'm reading a lot of reviews of the sort of games I want to buy, which, you know, I love, I like the Nintendo Mario games and stuff like that, but I actually like these other type of titles as well, these more adult titles. And I've read this a lot that, you know, oh, the the game looks muddy and the frame rate isn't 60 frames per second and all this sort of thing. And I have to admit, I've, I've, I've taken a lot of that with a pinch of salt because I'm coming from playing mostly on an Xbox 360, yeah, which, which barely meets those specifications itself. And I've always thought the Xbox 360 games work fine for me. I think it's a great system. So I play um, Doom on the, on the Switch, and I think it looks fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It's, it's better than the stuff I've seen on iOS. It is silky smooth. Um, you know, they, I think it's only running at 30 frames per second on the, uh, on the Switch. But who cares? 30 frames per second is good enough. That's beyond what you can perceive with the eye. The, yep. um, you know, I don't, I've not found it looking particularly muddy. Uh, I think a lot of the people who make these complaints are guys who are sat in front of PS4s all the time where they're getting spoiled by very, very high resolutions. But ultimately, you know, the original Doom was fun and that was running at 360p or something like that. Um, I think Doom on the Switch looks fantastic. I have played it in um, on the TV once or twice. I've just plugged it into our dock downstairs to see what it looked like. And I thought it looked as good. Um, I didn't. I, I, I didn't play it for very long, so I didn't encounter any frame rate hiccups. But for me, I prefer to play it portable, just because it's nicer to have it right in front of me. Yeah. I can kind of get into the game a little bit more, and I find using the uh, certainly using the Joy Cons, I find it more comfortable for me having it on each side of the tablet rather than in that kind of um, the the switch comes with that thing. They can swap the Joy Cons into to turn it into kind of like a handheld um, controller. Uh, I prefer to have have it spread out wider on either side of the switch. Um, I've also picked up a um, uh, an eight bit dough 
um, Bluetooth controller that what kind of looks like the old um, Super Nintendo controller. Uh-huh. Um, so I've got that as well because I know that at some point the kids are going to probably steal my Joy-Con so they can play four-player games on their Switch. <laughs> and I probably won't see them again then. So uh, I picked up a, a separate controller as well, which I've got too. But uh, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. It's been taking up a huge amount of time, and I love the fact that you know I can just play a good quality game wherever I am. I have so, that um, that membership thing where you get uh, basically older video games. And I started playing some of those. They're mostly NES and SNES games. This is the Nintendo Online service, yeah, isn't yep, it? Yeah, yep. And I think it costs 30 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. And I really would love to get back to playing them, except there's one major problem. Cole has kind of adopted my Switch. <laughs> and I can't yeah. bring myself to buy a new Switch when I've got a perfectly fine Switch sitting in the other room. And the game I kind of still want to get back to is Zelda. And my understanding is I can't, you can, I can switch all my content from that one over to this one, but then it nukes the game he's playing, which of course is Fortnite. Um, so I'm kind of in that, that space where I'm like, I'd really like to play it. But every time I'm like, okay, I feel like playing it right now. He's already playing Fortnite. I don't want to make him stop playing his game because I want to play one. So. You need to get him playing Fortnite on something other than the Switch. Yeah. Well, he wanted it's- to play Zelda too. So the way the workaround from that is, I have uh, Breath of the Wild on the Switch, and that's my game. Yeah. And I also have it on the Wii U, and that's his game. Right. So he doesn't play my Zelda. And he's good about that. If there's any saved games on the Switch that I've been playing, he doesn't mess with them. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh- I wish Alexander was like that with our Xbox. I'm pretty sure he's destroyed all my game progress on any game I have ever played on there. Yeah. Because he's just picked up where I was and, and gone on. Yeah. Now, uh, you can't get Fortnite working on the Wii U, I take it. Oh, yeah. The there, Fortnite? No, bit, no. No. Because that no. would obviously solve your problem because then he would leave your Switch alone. Well, but he's got to sign into his account because, you know, he's spent in the last year pretty much all his birthday and Christmas money and stuff like that on whatever the hell you buy in Switch, on uh, Fortnite. So it's yeah. got all his skins and all that. And I don't think uh, if he right. signed in, it would be there. Okay, I get <clears> you. In fact, I, I will have to deal with this because now that Alexander has finished his exams, he finished his last uh, exam today. So he's going to be a, a boy of leisure for the next few months. Uh-huh. Um, and... Also, because he's now no longer revising, we've given him access to all his technology back again because we've restricted that while he's been studying. So he's got a smorgasbord um, of electronics to start plowing through. Exactly. But, you know, he's a big Fortnite fan, and I know he's going to want to get caught up. But now he knows I have a Switch as well. He's saying, Dad, I want to play Fortnite with you. So I'm going to have to get Fortnite and sort the Switch and figure out what's going on there. Because, again, <laughs> I, that sort of game, to, I know you can play it on Xbox and ios and all that sort of thing but that sort of game makes more sense to me having proper controls uh well i have a nintendo pro controller on the switch and yeah so cole always plugs the the switch into the tv docks it i've got two docks but he docks it in the living room with a pro controller and he plays it that way he doesn't play it yeah. very often uh as a portable he just doesn't like the joy con controllers as much right okay but i mean he's kind of grown up with ps3 and xbox and all that controller so it's it's more intuitive to him 
I think I think that's one of the strong things about the Switch is the fact that there are so many different control options. You can do all sorts of different things with it. That, and I think that the game library is at the point now where it it really is a a true competitor to the Xbox and the PS4. I mean, I've always thought the day it came out. Remember, I bought it day one. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a fantastic system from day one. It it really was my favorite video game system for a while, and it, in some respects, it still is. But I just don't get to play it very often. Yep. Um, and to label one system my favorite is hard to do. Um, I I played pretty ex- exclusively, to be honest, other than the arcade stuff. Uh, the PS4, but lately when I turn back to console gaming, I've been playing on the Xbox One quite a bit. So yeah. I kind of go all over the place, to be honest. It, it depends on the yeah. game itself. That, well, that's it, isn't it? You know, but this is what I like is the fact that there are games that you know that, that go. I mean, the you know the the, uh, the 3DS, the 2DS. I have one of those as well. But a lot of the games you get on there are the kind of the you know the Nintendo more kid orientated games and great as those are and masterpieces of gameplay and everything sometimes i want to play something where there's a bit of blood and gore and that's what i'm loving at the moment um and and i I, i'm also very much looking forward to when i finish doom get really getting back into diablo again and and playing that because uh you know i've never really played a lot of diablo 3 because i you know i had that whole it's a pain playing it on other systems because of the whole online requirement and with with the switch you don't have that I picked up a video game system as well, as I said a little bit ago. I picked up a Nintendo 3DS, and I got it off eBay through the official Nintendo store. So it's a refurb, but it looks like it's brand new. I mean, whatever they do to refurb it, I mean, it's flawless. And so I was really excited to get it, although there was a delay in shipping, which kind of irked me a little bit. But whatever, I can wait. Um, But I saved about 25 bucks, So I thought, well, that's, that's not too bad. And it shows up, I open the box, and it's packaged in just a plain box. There's no, it, they still give you the manual, but, you know, there's no official 3DS box in there. Yeah. Which, who cares? I'm, I don't collect boxes. No. Um, and I'm looking at it, I'm very happy, I look back in the box, and no power cable. Well, that's a pain, because it doesn't use a standard uh, connector, does it? And so I went back to the eBay, and then very small letters at the very bottom is, it does not include a power adapter. Ah. And I thought, well, who the hell's going to sell this with no power adapter? So, of course, I stopped by, uh, I was going to go to GameStop, but it looked like they were the same price everywhere. So I was at a, uh, it's called Meyer. it's a big store, yeah. um, groceries, and, you know, it's a big department store. And they had one for 10 bucks. so I really only saved $15. I should have just got a brand new one at GameStop and been done with it, and it would have been complete. So that was kind of irritating. Uh, I did pick up three games for it. I got two Zelda games and Super Mario World something. And um, I started playing the Super Mario. you got to be in the mood to play Mario, though. But the the nice part about those Mario games is they are kind of pick up play for a little bit and put it away. Get done with that oh, level, yeah. and you're done, and yeah. you play it for I, I, 10 minutes. Is this one of the three D ones or is it a two D one? Well, here's the cool thing. Uh, oh, it's it's a three D one, but here's the right. cool thing. There's a slider because you yeah. know it, it's got two screens: the bottom screen and the top screen. This top screen is pretty much the one you look at. Yeah. Um, it's got this slider that basically turns off or gives you different l- l- 
levels of depth, if you will, in the 3D mm-hmm. portion. And I just don't, I haven't, I've done zero research on it, but I just don't understand how they can achieve a realistic 3D viewer without putting on glasses or something. So I was always a little bit skeptical of the 3D-ness of it. Um, oh, it that skepticism is gone. I mean, it's amazing. But it yeah. it's weird. Uh, Cole doesn't like it at all. He says it hurts his eyes. Right. Um, I can't play Zelda in 3D. It does something weird to my eyes, and I just it's it's weird. So I I completely flatten it. So it's just normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario, however, I actually prefer it in 3D. It gives it a depth and that the game really does kind of need. Um, well, I think, it works I better. Think, yeah, I think some of the certainly the later 3D Mario games on the 3DS were were designed. Yeah, to be yeah, 3D. The design of the game right. is in 3D. It helps you to play and, the and game. And the Zelda 3D. games are basically like uh, upscaled or whatever to make them 3D games. And it yeah. just doesn't work as well at all. Um, but, yeah. I, I, so, yes, I, it's a 3D game, but you don't have to play it in 3D. Um, and, of course, if you're not playing in 3D, I might as well just bought a Nintendo 2DS. But yeah. what I wanted was, um, for the price point... It's, it was about the same as a 2DS that folds, um, and I wanted the t- one to fold up. I didn't want the screen just to, you know, always yeah. be up there, and I didn't want to buy a case. So that's why I went with the 3DS. I like it so far. I've got three games. Um, I'll probably here's the thing: the 3D games out there, you can buy them in the used market for just nut p- pennies. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, that's the advantage. That's definitely the advantage that system has over the Switch. Um, I have been unpleasantly surprised by the cost of switch games because a big part of the switch library if you go online is is kind of ports from mobile yeah uh and now and they're not cheap well this is the thing now i i look at that and i think you know what there are some fabulous mobile games that probably better on the switch because you've got proper controls uh and you know you get online saving and all of that good stuff but yeah i mean they're not ios prices they are uh you know 10 20 Thirty dollars up, some of them, and um, yeah. that's that's a big. You know, the advantage of though, of course, is that many of these games, because they're ports, you can find good reviews of them and really try and figure out for yourself whether they're worth the money. Uh, pick um, up Shovel Knights. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah, it's I'm fantastic. Sure have to look at that. Okay. You're making a note, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Yeah, Shovel Knights is awesome. You'll like it. There's a ton of good video game stuff going on right now. I think it's all good. E3 is either just ended or is ending. I'm not sure. I think it's ended now. Uh, I followed a little bit. I saw Xbox's stuff. Uh, Sony's not there at all. Uh, I saw Nintendo's stuff. Nothing really jumped out at me except one video game. Well, two video games kind of piqued my interest. The first was... I think it's called Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, that was the the Keanu yeah. Reeves. That was actually mania really thing. good gun. Did you watch that? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I heard that people went absolutely nuts. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know that Keanu Reeves was in it when I watched this, you know, I don't know. It's like a six-minute little video. It's kind of like gameplay. Yeah. And you watch it, and it's cinematic, and it's also kind of gameplay. And then at the end, your guy gets messed up, or the main character... And then you see these boots walking towards you, and you just kind of sit up, and this character tells you, it's time to get up, it's time to F things up. And it's Keanu Reeves, and it, it really is, I mean, 
it was uncanny. Yeah. I mean, I, I was blown away. I was like, wow. Keanu, by the way, is really back right now, isn't he? Uh, well, you know, he's riding the whole John Wick wave, which are, um, you know. <laughs> I just watched this movie where um, the main characters are Asian, and it's basically a love story. Yeah. Uh, Always Be My Maybe is, I think, what it's called. Not a movie that I would normally watch, but, you know, sometimes when you jump on Netflix and it's right there, you're like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. Um, and Keanu Reeves plays Keanu Reeves in that movie. <laughs> and it was, it was, I'll be honest with you, it was pretty freaking cool. Um, I think that's, I think that's what he has going for him. Is It's not just that, it's not just that, uh, you know, he's got some very popular and well done movies out at the moment. Um, it's just the fact that the, he turned from being kind of this, uh, in his, in his twenties, yes, yeah. this kind of this stoner looking, he, he looked like an idiot. I mean, yeah. uh, and he, and he played a lot of roles like that, you know, Bill and Ted and the guy in parenthood and stuff like that. You know, he kind of really kind of rocked that, you know, dumb stoner vibe. But as he's got older, he's just got incredibly cool and he well, just exudes charisma. Well, he also uh, picked know. some really bad movies. The matrix was great. The two follow-ups, not so great. Yeah. We, we loved Keanu and then he picked some roles that just was like, nah, this is not very good. And then John Wick comes out, and the first John Wick was kind of almost a sleeper hit. Nobody was really talking about it a whole lot. And I watched it, and I was like, this is fantastic. I mean, it's been done a thousand times. You know, oh, he's a retired hitman, and they, you know, pull him back in, and yeah, I've seen it before. They kill his dog, and now he's pissed. What's interesting about John Wick is that effectively it's a video game turned into a movie. Yeah. Because that that is exactly the. If if you've ever played um, what Max Payne and stuff like that, it was basically the same, the same plot, except it's done in a way like it's like a huge cutscene, and it's incredible. It is very well done. Well, they do some world building in it that is very intriguing. It's very Matrixish. As well, yeah. it's got that almost aesthetic from the Matrix going on. I really liked it. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen the new one that came out yet. It's still in the theaters, and you know, I, I probably will wait till it comes out uh, yeah. to download on iTunes or something like that. Um, so I'm I'm probably months away from seeing it, but that's fine. I I know it's going to be good. I know I'm going to dig it. It's right in my wheelhouse. Um, yeah. But I say all of that. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, the Star Wars game that ea it's a standalone it's not online multiplayer or any of that stuff uh and it takes place i think it takes place well i'm not sure when it takes place to be honest but whatever it doesn't really matter um it looked really interesting they had like a 12 minute video out of gameplay and it looked fantastic this is the the jedi fallen order game yeah 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 i think it takes place right after you know, episode three and before episode four. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The graphics looked great. The controls looked intuitive. It, I, it felt get, like Star Wars. If you get that right, um, those games are great. I really enjoyed both of the, um, uh, what were they called? The, not The Force Awakens, because that was a movie. Force Unleashed. Yes. Um, those are both very good games. Yeah, exactly. And they and they, those are both games as well, where they really got the aesthetic right. You really felt you were playing in a Star that Wars might, movie. I, do, I wonder if that's on the Switch, because that would be a great game on the Switch. It would be. Wouldn't I, it? Be, I, don't think, I don't think, apart from the Lego games, I'm not sure there's any Star Wars stuff on the Switch. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, 
So yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, I, I I reviewed the very first Lego Star Wars game way, way, way back. I'm talking 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's still, I think, the very best Lego game, video game, the yeah. original trilogy, and then they made the prequels, which, yeah. But the the Lego video game for the prequels is fantastic. So they had this collection out. Where I don't know, it's you can go buy it on a Mac and a PC, and it's everywhere. Yeah. It's it's probably the very best Lego game of all time, and it was before they started doing voiceovers on them, which I think kind of ruined uh, some of the concepts behind it. I don't want the Lego characters talking; it it just doesn't work. It, it was better the way they did it before. Oh, I was yeah, the way they did before were effectively were like miming. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was it was much more fun. So. They're redoing that entire series, they're, but they're going to include all... It's called the, the Skywalker Saga, and it's all nine films. And um, so they're they're not just remaking it. They're just making a new game. And it, that's yeah. I'm all in for that. That's going to be great. And that's coming on the Switch, and that's going to be a must-buy. Mm-hmm. That's next year, though. I think it's actually going to be released after the last Star Wars film, so it doesn't spoil anything. Yeah. Which makes I, sense. I, yeah, because I remember the... Um, the prequel trilogy, uh, before I saw um, Re- Revenge of the Sith, the last one, uh, I actually played through the game, and so I knew how it ended, including the whole, you know, high ground stuff, yep. because it was all there in the game, you know. Yep. <laughs> Not that you really cared. Well, no, at that point, I didn't really, but... Um, um, but so I- so let, let, me, let me ask you a question, because there's rumors that a, cut, a, a reduced price switch is coming this year as well. Would you, given what you've said about your access to your Switch, would you be interested in buying that one, or does it depend how much it would be? No, that's kind of why I can't pull the trigger on another Switch right now. Because yeah. I've heard these rumors. Uh, it's going to be a larger Switch or a bigger screen. I'm not sure what they're going to do yet. I'm sure it'll have more power and all that. But that's kind of why I've been holding off. That's kind of why I bought a 3DS instead of, well, I mean, a Switch would have cost me twice as much, but still, yeah. that's not that big of a deal. Um I just was like, yeah, you know what? If this new switch is coming, and I got a sinking suspicion it is, um, or a sneaky suspicion it is, um, I'd rather just wait for that. Yeah, you know, that's I don't, I don't say. need three switches. And if that's coming yeah. out within the next twelve months or so, yeah, let's just do that. And then, yeah. I will basically tell Cole that you know this switch in there is kind of his at this point, and I'll yeah. have a new one. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, it's that's kind of one of the reasons. Um, speaking of movies, well, let's not let's not go there first. Let's first talk about um, our sponsor OWC. I mentioned last week that I think that the new uh, Mac Pro really bodes well for Mac specialists or uh, uh, OWC MacSales.com, and I say that because. It's kind of Apple returning to their roots in a way that I don't think they've done in a long time. When's the last time they released a Mac that you can actually upgrade and, and do stuff to? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, not only that as well, they are clearly really pushing the Mac at the moment. I'm seeing TV ads and posters talking about the Mac. Now, it's the first time Apple's done that in years. And I got a sneaky suspicion, and I'm using that. That's I guess I should write that down. It should be the name of the... Uh, I've got sneaky suspicion, yeah. Yeah. Is that with the drastic slowdown of iPhone sales, because quite honestly, it's getting boring. 
and I, I've been saying this for two years now, and I know you disagree with me somewhat, but I just think the phone market is just boring. All the phones look identical. Oh, this one's got a bulge here, and this one's got a notch here. It's a rectangle piece of glass. Who cares? Um, what is What else? What's the next thing for Apple then? Well, maybe it is the Mac. Maybe it's taking the best parts of the phone and incorporating that into the Mac and making the Mac really the next generation of personal computing because it takes the best of mobile and the best of desktop in one package. And that's where a company like OWC comes in because they support more than anything else, the Mac side and and PCs in general, a lot of their stuff works just fine with PCs like the USB-C drive docks and the Envoy Pros and all that. It doesn't matter what computer you connect it to, but OWC has been an Apple type company since the very beginning. It's part of their DNA and that's not going to change. Um, but I see this new direction that Apple seems to be taking as a huge boon for OWC. And I think that is, um, portends well for the customers out there uh, of Apple products, because here's a supplier that's been doing it longer than pretty much anybody else. And they're doing it in such a way that they make great products and support them. So I don't say that's just because they're a sponsor of the show or I worked there at one time. Uh, they make really good stuff. And yeah. I, with Apple's return on the Mac Focus, I just see some really cool, innovative stuff coming out of OWC uh, because that's what they do. That's exciting to me. I can't wait to talk to uh, the folks at OWC this year at MacStock. I want to see if I can get any insider information, what's coming or he just tease me a little bit. I want to know. Yeah. And of course they are going to be sponsoring, um, the my Mac quiz and Mac stock in general at Mac stock. And, uh, what's the date for Mac stock? Uh, is it 27th, 28th of July? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so that's coming up in, uh, <laughs> like a month and a week. <laughs> yeah. Not, not very long away. Um, yeah. We're about five, it, six weeks away at this point. It, it's weird because, cause you know, we've been very focused on getting to, uh, the end of Alexander's exam season. Uh, and we haven't really thought very much about what's happening after that. It's just like in the future and now we're there and, and it, yeah, it's, I thought to myself last night, I thought, thought it's only just over a month and I'm going to be in Chicago. Yeah. And the problem with that for me is I probably should get around to starting to make this quiz thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Always, <laughs> always, um, well, you know what? There's nothing like a deadline to focus the mind. Well, I, <laughs> I haven't even looked, but guy actually sent me, uh, some questions and I, Last year, his questions were really, really long ones, and I'm like, ugh. So I don't. I'm hoping he didn't do that again. But I've been trying to rethink, the, not not necessarily the format of the quiz itself, because I think that was fine, but how I'm presenting the questions. Um, so I've been kind of thinking that, and I could probably reuse a couple questions from the first time we did it. Because people aren't going to remember at this point. That was a couple yeah. years ago. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've been thinking more of the format itself and the presentation rather than the questions. The questions, quite honestly, it's not that big of a deal. I can come up with 100 Mac-related or Apple-related questions pretty simply. You know, grab a screenshot of, you know, the Cork Express, the the splash screen when you launch the app and delete the name and that's a question. What what was this program? Um, and simple stuff like what was the name of the you know 
what was the original name of Adobe Photoshop? And, you know, put three answers up there. It, stuff like that is simple. It's yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I would like the questions to foster the interaction between asking the question and getting people to get the wrong answer. Because yeah. that's fun. So anyways, thanks to uh, OWC. Um, looking forward to Mac Stock. And, of course, David and I have a little bit of a, I guess you call it a, what, what do you want to call it? A Side we? trip. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So our side trip is video game related, uh, yep. particularly um, arcade games. It's going to happen at Galloping Ghosts on July 26th at noon. So if you're going to go to Mac Stock, or you're going to be in the area or you just live around there. So this is, as we record this, 41 days away. June 26th, noon, at Galloping Ghost. Just Google Galloping Ghost, you'll find it. Um, hang out. Even if one of you guys show up, that'd be fine with us. If none of yep. them show up, that's fine with us. Because Dave and I are going to be there with Brooke and Alexander. Yep. And we're going to play some video games for a couple hours and then go grab a lunch. And who knows after that. Um, but it, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Um, I will probably, um, I don't know if we'll go to the hotel first, probably not, because that's the day we're going to drive in. We're going to drive in that morning, so I may just meet you before I even go to the hotel. That would be our first stop, and we'll just meet you there. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Alexandra is completely jazzed. So. <laughs> Brooke is too. She's looking forward to it. Yeah. Brooke's got an extremely busy summer. So sometimes it's hard to look past this weekend, but she's mentioned Max Doc a couple of times. Cole is at the jealousy stage. He really, really yeah. wants to go. I just think he needs another year because he's going to be bored during most of Max Doc. It's not his thing. Um, but we'll see. He's not coming this year, but maybe next year. Yeah. Because Brooke will be 16 next year, and she probably won't want to hang out with Dad. I, th- I think you need to make a condition... Of his uh, of his coming, that he lets you play on the switch every now and again. Every now and then, just like <laughs> you know, I, like I bought Burger Time, I think, but it was like a remake of Burger Time, or a, I don't know. I just remember it's a Burger Time game on there, and it was part. Not, I don't remember if it was part of that online service or what, but I've literally played it for ten minutes. I kind of would like to get back to it. Yeah, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about. Uh, I watched a movie. Uh, Dark Phoenix. Now it's the new X Men movie. The new X Men movie. He- here's my issue. Uh, Just one issue. Well, there's multiple issues. I-, I really want to to like this movie. I really did. Um, and I thought instead of just doing a review of a movie, a- as we know, Disney is purchased and it's done. It's a done deal. They own the 20th Century Fox Library and all the rights to all those movies. And, of course, included in that is Deadpool, X-Men, and Fantastic Four. And this Dark Phoenix movie um, is... I, my understanding is it. This is the, the end of everything Fox was doing. Now, there is also one called New Mutants, which looks... I saw the previews. looks really bad. I mean, it look. They're like, we're going to make a horror movie, and the nobody wants that. It looks like just garbage. Um, it's finished, and they even did some reshoots. But I don't know if 
I, I assume they're probably going to release it, but I, I don't think anybody wants it, to be honest. But I thought this would be a good time to kind of go back and look at the Marvel movies at 20th Century Fox. And really, it goes back a lot farther than most people realize. Electra, for instance, or Daredevil. Daredevil. Yep. Um, and if you really want to go back, the very first one they ever did was Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in 1998 with oh. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff? Yes. <laughs> yes, it was so bad. Oh, dear. Well, it was yeah. it was atrocious. Uh, I was not aware of the existence of that. Yeah. Well, in 2000, though, they made X-Men. And it was really good. I mean, if you go back and think about what we were getting in 2000, X-Men was totally out of... You know, we weren't expecting anything like X-Men. But this was before the renaissance in comic book movies. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, Batman was kind of the the last big popular series, and they had just completely destroyed that franchise in the 90s. Uh, It started out strong, of course, with 89's Batman movie, but then we got the Batman with nipples, and just (laughs) it was terrible. Uh, so X-Men comes out in 2000. I think the expectations were pretty low. They purposely stayed away from spandex and they went more for the matrix look. Remember matrix came out in 99 and it was all leather clad. And that's exactly what the X-Men looked like, but they were somewhat true to the characters. Wolverine of course was the main character in this movie. It, they called it X-Men, but it really was about Wolverine. Yeah. Um, they follow that up with um, X2, which was not very good. Uh, and Daredevil came out the same year. Now, I know Ben Affleck as Daredevil bothered people. I always thought it was a pretty damn good movie. I thought they I, did a I good agree. job. I, I agree. And I, I thought I thought with that one that you could tell that Ben Affleck was into the character. Yeah. And that he, well, you know, he, he said well, he, he was, was just playing Batman, really. Well, yeah, but I think I think he understood. He, he basically he was acting. He wasn't. Yes. You know, he. I mean, he brought his A game. He did not just phone it in, as many people do. Yeah. Um, when the action was good, it, yeah. it it was really true to the to the origin story. Now, if you compare that movie to the Netflix series, no, it it doesn't hold a candle. But you're trying to tell uh, the the Netflix series was what ten episodes, ten hours. Yeah. And this was a two-hour movie, so you can't... I mean, that's kind of unfair. But even then, I thought it was really well done. I, I really enjoyed that. For I almost feel guilty for saying that, because some people... In fact, the majority of people say how bad that movie is. Like, oh, it's an abomination. No, it wasn't. That was a good movie. I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I agree. Completely with you on that one. And then a couple of years later, Electra, they followed up with, and that was bad. That was That just, was, yeah. I didn't enjoy that at all. Uh, X-Men Last Stand, this was supposedly, hey, it's the Dark Phoenix saga, and it just was bad, the whole thing. The fighting in the woods and the bridge, and it was just I terrible. Just, uh, I, and, you know, they changed too much. They ch- The stuff they changed was stuff they shouldn't have changed, and then they, um, you know, then and then they kept all the stuff that didn't make a lot of sense. Exactly. Uh, the, 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 I think part of the problem with it is the whole thing was, you know, from... Really, from X two onwards, the whole thing was became such a soggy mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because they and, didn't understand the characters; they no, really did it. And and also as well, they, 
the movie, each movie was effectively saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. There was no development. There was no, uh, you know, attempt to integrate integrate the characters into the world they were building. Consequently, they became dull because it was the same thing. And each the the problem was is each individual performance was fine. You know, mm-hmm. I thought um, I thought Magneto was excellent in all of the movies. I think he really brought across the the maniacal threat that that character has, and also his power. And his, uh, the sympathy for the character on some levels. Remember, in the very first, wasn't it the first X Men movie in Auschwitz? Yeah. When they're pulling him away from his parents, and that's, right. that's when his mutant power kind of kicks in for the first time, and he bends the the gates towards gates, him. Yeah. That I, that was an awesome scene. That they've actually done fairly well with Magneto. Um, yeah. I didn't want to see old man Magneto though. That was the part that was like, yeah. So yeah. when they rebooted the X Men series. Uh, with First Class, I thought First Class was, uh, quite honestly, the best of all the X-Men movies. It was just really well done. Yeah, but but here's, here's the problem, is, is that uh, with uh, the problem with this this Dark movie, Dark Phoenix, and the previous one, Apocalypse, Age of Apocalypse, is that the same team who were responsible for X2 and uh, X3 were the people who are now still writing these movies and producing these movies. Um, and they are making the same mistakes they made last time. Yep, they muddied you the know, waters. They had a great, great f- concept because the first two movies of the rebooted series, X Men: First Class and Days of Future Past, were both really good movies. Oh, they were. I, I, yeah. I would say that Days of Future Past, where you know they they kind of connected the original X Men with you know Patrick Stewart and all that with this yeah. new generation. So hey, this is still the same history, which doesn't make any sense but who cares yeah and they send wolverine into his old body in the 70s or the 60s that was great i, I enjoyed yeah. it so uh, much but but again the difference is that is that first class was directed by uh, matthew vaughn yeah who really got it and yep. then um days of future past was going to be directed by matthew vaughn um but then he went away to do superman to, to do, well no he went away to do kingsman oh which was that's a great right. movie well, yeah? i love kingsman that's right. Um, and Days of Future Past was also written with his writing, part, writing partner, Jane Goldman, who also wrote um, the Kick-Ass movies. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think Matthew Vaughn might have directed the Kick-Ass movies as well. He anyway, did. yeah, so these guys kind of, they got comic books. And they move away, and Brian Singer and his creepy um, his creepy views and, and uh, basically the same ideas of the X-Men that he had when he did the original ones. Yep. Move, move back in. He completely ruined it. And Fox let him ruin it again, just like he did last time. Yep. So they've been hit and miss. They've made, I think, arguably one of the very best superhero movies or comic book movies, let's put it that way, of all time, and that's Logan. Logan is a masterpiece. It's so good. But even the first one, Wolverine, the Wolverine in 2013, when he goes to Japan, that was a good movie. Yeah. And, but yet, then you, you get the first and then the rebooted Fantastic Four movies, and those are atrocious. And yet, Deadpool is a rollicking good time. I love Deadpool. I love one and two. I think it's fantastic. And then we get to this one, Dark Phoenix. Okay, we're going to do Phoenix again, because well, why not? And they focus on a character that they've had in three movies, but no one cares about. They don't. No one cares about Jean Grey. Yeah. They, they've they never established her as an interesting character in the movies. 
And in the comic books, it was kind of the same way. Now, I don't know if you ever read the original Dark Phoenix Saga. Uh, I'm familiar with the story, but I never read the actual comics. So here's Marvel Girl. That was Jean Grey's name in the X-Men, Marvel Girl. And she was, you know, uh, telepathic and telekinetic, but not too powerful. And she was always kind of a minor character in the X-Men throughout the 60s and 70s. But then Chris Claremont and John Byrne um, really are the Scorsese and, and, you know, whoever else you want to say of comic books. They really transform comic books in a way that this generation probably doesn't even realize. They took this character and they gave her uh, this power, this entity or whatever it was. She became the Phoenix. And she was a force for good. She was a member of the X-Men, and she was the most powerful member of the X-Men. And then as this power slowly corrupted her, she becomes a bad guy. She flies off into space. She destroys an entire sun, which destroys a planet of billions, right? And she's struggling with this. She's trying to control this power. She's trying to be who she always was, Marvel Girl, but she's not. And this Phoenix power is just corrupting her. And then this alien race called the Shi'ar come to Earth to take her prisoner and kill her because she just wiped out billions of people. I mean, it, it doesn't get any worse than that. And these are super-powered aliens, and they're very interesting characters. I mean, each one's unique, powerful, and the X-Men, of course, are now, they've got to protect their teammate. And so that's the saga of Dark Phoenix. She becomes a bad guy. And... You know, I, I don't like to spoil things, but she's killed. And it's the X-Men that kill her because they have no choice. This is, it's life and death. And she's become so powerful and she wants to die. She knows it's the only yeah. way. And it was a milestone when, when, when that issue came out, the death of Phoenix, it was, there was nothing like this. And they took a character that traditionally in comic books up to this point had been, Oh, the girl's in trouble and the boy's got to go rescue her. That stale, stupid trope, right? They took this character and made her all-powerful and showed the corruption through her eyes and her teammates, the people that loved her. Her Scott uh, Cyclops is, you know, they're in love. And it was so powerful. I mean, and it was a some, it was one of those moments in comics that changed things. Yeah. And in really the dark Phoenix saga kind of issued in what we consider the modern day age of comics, because is if you're reading this as a kid, I mean, this is some heavy stuff. You didn't look, we, we've got the woman turning evil thing and she's all powerful. We've had that for years now. So that that's not a unique story at this point. This is really where it started in this kind of genre. I mean, it, yeah. it was groundbreaking. It, when I read that, it blew me. I could not believe they had killed her. And they killed her in the comics for a decade and a half. They finally eventually brought her back in Fantastic Four in a somewhat okay manner. I still thought it would have been better had they left her dead. Because it, it, it kind of, in some respects, cheapened the story. But when it came out and they killed her, it was amazing. So I get why Fox keeps going back to this story. Because it's so historic in the X-Men. It is the X-Men story. This is the big X-Men story of all time. 
It really is. There's no other X-Men story that had as much powerful and change as Dark Phoenix. Um, I get why they keep going back to it. They just never understood why it was such a powerful story. They never established the character. The rest of the X-Men are just fodder to show off powers. Uh, You never get their pain and anguish of having to kill their teammate. And, of course, that's not what happens in this movie. I don't want to spoil it, but, yeah, of course, they cheapen it out and it's stupid. Yeah, well, what I find interesting is the same you know, the same team have done the same story twice and screwed it up each time. Both times. They just yeah. don't. And, and Fox, thank God they're not in charge of this property anymore. They don't. They had no clue about these characters. They didn't understand why people cared about them. They didn't care about uh, delving into it and bringing in people who did get it. Uh, they had them for a while, especially with the whole first class thing, like you were talking about. And they let those people go and they give it to incompetent fools who... The fan base to say no, not these people. They don't know what they're yeah. doing. You know, they and never not, got it, the Fantastic Four either. They did the same thing. They didn't understand what I was. I don't understand because Apocalypse was so badly received. Oh, horrible! Yeah. And you're going to let and, the same and, team. And so yeah, you let the same team do the next movie. I just don't get it. It's like you know, what do you want to do? Flush to- flush money away down the toilet? Well, and, and it's the same team, and they leave plot holes that make no sense. I. I Phoenix gets her power in this movie. They go up and they rescue the space shuttle, right? And they're like superheroes. The president calls them and we need your help. And, you know, the whole world is, hey, the X-Men, they're superheroes. We love them. Uh, And then within 15 minutes, the whole world hates them. Yeah, that's, (laughs) of course. Um, But Jean Grey rescues everybody. And this thing in space infuses itself with her. And, oh, now she's Phoenix. Except... In Apocalypse, they show the Phoenix thing in her already. Yeah. It makes no, and it's the same creative team. Are you stupid? Did you not yeah. remember what you just did in the last movie? Oh, well, we just said we didn't like it, so we're going to do Stupid. So, bad acting. I swear to God, whoever made this movie, these people, the the woman who plays um, Phoenix, I don't know her name. And I don't uh, Sophie Turner from yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, they love her. Because, yeah. Or at least they love her eyes. Because there's so many freaking close-ups of her eyes in this movie. I'm like, I can draw her eyeball at this point. <laughs> I'm tired of looking at her eyes the whole freaking time. It, it's just totally not interesting at all. It's a boring movie. You could tell it was rushed through production. Some of the special effects are just bad. I mean, um, it, it, it's a shame that... They just didn't scrap all of these movies knowing that Marvel deal was coming and just let Marvel have at it. Uh, Because at this point, these characters are so diluted and watered down that Marvel almost can't do anything with half these characters now for a few years at least. And I'm talking like 10 years. If if Marvel tries to do anything in the the next 10 years with with X-Men, it's just going to fail. Now, that's not all the characters, though. I think Deadpool absolutely can do something with. The Fantastic Four hasn't been completely ruined. They can do something with that, at least with Doctor Doom. I think that would be interesting. But the one character I think they're going to bring in sooner rather than later is going to be Wolverine. He's just too big. They're just not going to keep him on a shelf for long. Oh, also as well, I think there's a need to uh, reboot him. From, yeah, they need to reboot him because um, Hugh Jackman has kind of, you know, has 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 guided the role. Uh, so much that you you know you need to 
kind of flush that out of people's memories. Um, and and to go beyond that, they gave Hugh Jackman the best Wolverine movie. Yeah. To die in. I mean, Logan yeah. is. I mean, that is the ultimate arc of that character. When you see him for the first time in the first X-Men movie until Logan, that's 17 years this one actor's been playing the same role. And after 17 years, you think that, eh, we don't care anymore. No, Logan upends all of that. And it was brilliant. The acting, the, the cinematography, the everything about that movie I love, other than the farmhouse and the family, I can do without that part. Um and how the characters ends at the end. I mean, it was just brilliant. I don't want any more of that character or that timeline. It's yeah. perfect as it is. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. I don't want to see Thanos show up at the end of Logan. Now recon snaps his fingers and Oh, look, he's back. Let me bring you into my universe. You know, some stupid stuff like that. Um, so that's, that's my somewhat review of dark Phoenix. Don't bother. It's yeah. bad. If you like close-up of eyeballs, you'll love it. Um, but skip it, you know, it's, and, it's and, and be that, thankful that Marvel is back in charge of all yeah. this. It's interesting um, that some of the other big tentpoles this summer are also coming in not well reviewed. The Godzilla movie was was not well received at all either. I have no desire for that, and I loved Godzilla as a kid. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, those cheesy. You know, badly dubbed Japanese movies. I loved Godzilla. Yeah. Loved it. I have no desire to see the new one. Now, Godzilla versus King Kong, that I'm interested in. Well, yeah, but, you know, it's part of the same... It's going to be the same problem. It's part of the same world-building team who've done this one, and this one, by all accounts, is terrible. Yeah, so, but the King Kong movie was really good. Did you watch that? Yeah, the King... The Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was. That was but, great. I love. I like that movie a lot. No, there's, there's too much money involved. This is the problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the, the execs will be creaming themselves over the fact that, well, I think you know, they've the got exact... Godzilla and King Kong in the same movie. Oh, my God, we're going to make so much money. Right. And it's the execs uh, that are pushing things rather than letting the creatives actually create. Yeah. And, yeah. So, I don't know. They're, the next big movie I'm looking forward to is Spider-Man. I think it comes out about a month or so from now in July. Uh, that looks really, really good. Um, and of course, Marvel's in charge of Spider-Man, so uh, and Nick Fury's in it. And it looks really good, and it takes place right after uh, Avengers. So yeah. that looks great. St uh, Star Wars at the end of the year. Dying to see that. I don't want to see too many previews. <laughs> and yeah. if they released a preview right now, I would watch it, even though I don't really want to. I just couldn't help myself. Because you're so, weak. But we've got some bad and good movies coming up. And guess what? Same thing every year. Yeah. So, David, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan, unless you've got something else. No, that's that's going to do it for me as yeah. well. We're going to talk about Dropbox next week. I know I teased it at the beginning of this uh, episode, but we're going to hold that for a week because I kind of want to do a little bit more research into it before I get to it. Okay. Talk to you then. See you then. Mm -hmm.